one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, Bus Driver. Hey, Bus Driver. Hey, Bus Driver, the show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, Bus Driver, exploring the entire school transportation universe, talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey, Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, happy to have uh, Adam Jensen with Tyler Technologies here to join us today to talk a little bit about uh, telematics and GPS and Tyler Drive, some up, exciting updates that are coming, and um, just see how we can just see what's out there with GPS and what Tyler does to uh, support school bus industries. So, Adam, welcome to the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks, Jason. You guys finally warming, or I guess thawing out from, uh, <laughs> I assume you get a lot of snow there in Maine? Yeah, uh, I think we get our share. Um, right now it's uh, the wet kind, so. Um, oh, like slurry or like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because a few weeks back, you know, you'd have one day that was 91 degrees, and then the next day there was, uh, you know, frost warnings. Well, it so. kind of sounds like Arizona a little bit, you know. I mean, you, <laughs> didn't you say you used to live here in Flagstaff for a little while? I did. So, I did. you know, you're used to that. Obviously not down here in the desert weather, but uh, used to some shifting weather patterns, especially the monsoons. You know, you wake up with nice weather, and then all of a sudden it's a torrential downpour at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, so... Oh, yeah, that, that's, you know, pull your car over to the side of the road and wait five minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, at least you didn't have the dust storms that uh, have to deal with down here in the valley. So kind of nice. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't lose the snow for dust storms if that was my option. No? No. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know that I'm into shoveling snow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think you have to try it both out, though. Yeah, for sure. So, um so I see, you know, obviously you're working from home and everybody, I think, is there any plans for Tyler Tech to go back to the office or do you typically work from home already or before COVID-19 yeah. happened? Yep. So it's a, it's sort of a, a mixed answer there and that, um, you know, Tyler has been really, really good to us from that standpoint and um, being really thoughtful about how they implement that stuff. Um it's interesting because when that all came down, I mean, we went from most of the employees working in an office to a work from home setup almost, you know, it seemed like almost overnight, but like over the course of a week, week and a half, all of a sudden we were still doing everything that we could for our customers and, you know, being there and doing the same stuff day to day. Um, but, you know, my job, I was sort of half and half working from home and working from the office and doing a lot of traveling. So now I'm not traveling at all, obviously. So it's a little bit different in that way for me. But we have started in certain localities, moving towards a phase one um, of you know going back to the office, depending on you know what the uh, guidelines are in that area. Got it. So as far as like telematics go, does that just work in the, I guess that Versatrans solution, or does the telematics? Um 
that Tyler provides is that multiple platforms of the of the Tyler umbrella? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Primarily in, in my group, the Telmax team um, is specific to our transportation solutions group. So um, we are all focused on student transportation, and you know, so it's school districts, contractors, you know, and the like in general. Got it. Um, and kind of like, how'd you get into this? I mean, have you always worked for Tyler? Did you work for Tyler when you lived in Flagstaff or did you, uh, just kind of, have you, and have you always been a part of, uh, you know, kind of that telematics or GPS, you know, as it seems that over the last few years, well, several years, 10, 15 years that GPS has really taken off from, you know, the consumer level to how it applies to businesses and whatnot. And so, you know, how, how did you find yourself into, I guess, the telematics team at, at Tyler? Yeah, that's uh, probably a, a roundabout answer, but um, I've always been into technology, you know, from the time I was a kid, um, you know, I've, I've had computers in front of me and, and it probably doesn't sound like anything to, you know, somebody's younger listening to this, but um, back then there was only a handful of people. When I, was, when I was in high school, I think I knew like five people that had email. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, you know, I've always been into technology. I actually originally went to school for computer science and ended up with um, a minor in that. So I have that background, um, but Tyler, I came to in early 2014. So that's, that's really where I started with this. Got it. So, and that was, did you just kind of start in somewhere? Like, I mean, in their, you know, I just talked to their tech support side today on something. Is that you just kind of get your foot in the door and how people kind of work their way into different departments or, or did you have like a specific, I'm hiring into the GPS or the telematics team there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually started as an account representative. Um, we have people from, all different disciplines um, across Tyler. Uh, in our group with Transportation Solutions, we actually have a lot of people with backgrounds in student transportation. There's a lot of uh, transportation directors or routers or you know people that have done that stuff, um, people who are bus drivers. And I think that you talked a few weeks back to my good friend, Kim Rentner, yep. who was a transportation director, but you know she started off working in a garage. Um, so people come in here from all different ways. Um, but because of my background in technology being kind of a, a you know, technology geek, if you will, um, I had a real big interest in the telematics stuff and pretty early on shift into that. So I've been working with our telematics solutions for almost five years at this point. Got it. And I think that's pretty interesting. You know, I, I got into this about 10 years ago. So, you know, from all of, it seems like technology on a school bus has grown exponentially in that 10 year time span. Right. And it seems just as we continue to move into the 21st century, that technology, just all of these different options, right. GPS to student ridership, to an actual tablet telling you turn by turn directions or which students are supposed to get on and off the bus. You know, that was something that when I came in 10 years ago, I was like, why don't, why don't we have this yet? Right. And, and then to see companies like Tyler and some of the other competitors that are out there really collectively kind of pushing that envelope. Right. Um, I think that now you have 
basically state agencies that are trying to keep up to what is now allowable to be put on a bus and what is not distracting or can be hands-free or, um, you know, some of those thoughts on that. So how do, I mean, I would assume Tyler's kind of this Tyler drive product and the telematics portion just came not very long ago. So you've been able to kind of be in the, the groundworks of that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot, a lot really to think about from that standpoint. And you're right that if you go back 10 years, people really didn't know what this stuff was. It existed. Um, I'll say even five years back when I had conversations about these hardware solutions, people, people didn't understand necessarily any nuance to it. It was really treated almost like a commodity, right? Like if you have GPS, you have GPS. They weren't looking into the differences from one solution to the next and what those advantages were and how they applied specifically to a school bus environment and things like that. And, um, you know, we weren't the first player, you know, with doing GPS on buses, but when it came to tablets, which we've been doing for about four or five years now, um, we really got out in front of it. And, um, because of all the transportation people that we have internally, but also because of, sort of the agile way at which we approach development, right? We're, we're constantly taking feedback from our users, whether those are customers or prospective customers or, um, you know, transportation management, routers, even down to level bus drivers or people in the community. We're constantly gathering that feedback to make sure that we're building these things in a way that meets that actual usage out there, right? Sure. So the, the things that Tyler Drive does today, you know, Obviously, I'm, I'm biased, and Tyler Drive is our tablet solution. Um, it really is, you know, outpacing what else is out there. And part of that is that you're working with a company that has all these different solutions for student transportation. So we run that system from routing to field trips to fleet maintenance to, you know, keeping track of vehicle location to all the different functionality that becomes available to a bus driver. Um, and all those things are tied together, which means that we have some advantages over companies that say are trying to get two different solutions to work together. Sure. Right? Sure. And I, I mean, I, I do a, a couple little training sessions here in the state that I've done for our, our or state organization. And then another of some consultant work that I've done where you talk about GPS is great. We have it, but how do we use it? Right. It, it goes on. It goes beyond so much more than just watching your your icon drive around on the screen and you can say, yeah, yeah the bus is there or now it's over here. Right. Versus some of the, you know, the robust reporting that can come out of it to tell you, you know, system diagnostics from a bus that before a driver even knows, hey, there's an issue here and I need to write this up to the mechanics getting a, a you know, flag report. So I think it's very clever about how you guys have taken all of this information from people that whether they work with Tyler or they consult with Tyler or, you know, just through surveys of end users that use the product to now, hey, this is how we, you know, have exponentially grown the product uh, in the last five years. So pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's even more than that, too, like. You know, and, and I'm focusing on Tyler Drive because that's sort of the thing that, you know, the market's really focused on today. Um, but like when we've gone through and developed it over the years, like we're out there testing it in real world conditions. 
we've literally driven thousands of miles in just testing these things. And, you know, we have our staff out there with the bus drivers, watching them use the stuff, taking that feedback and adjusting things, um, you know, doing ride alongs, you know, same thing, like, you know, our account representatives will go out as well, you know, so the people that are servicing um, our partnered customers and seeing what it's really like for a bus driver out there doing this stuff so that we have that, you know, not just what somebody's saying, but seeing how they use the product and how it makes their jobs easier and how we can continually make that better. Sure. So for the for those that are listening that don't know what Tyler Drive is, talk to me about what what Tyler Drive is and how does it work with um I guess I'll I'll go into a couple other questions down the road, but just take me there. What what is Tyler Drive and how does that work? Yeah, so so Tyler Drive is our onboard tablet. Um, and really it exists to provide drivers the ability to, to do a lot of their day-to-day tasks. So it does turn-by-turn navigation. Uh, there's student ridership functionality built in. There's messaging. There's the ability to do vehicle inspections through it. There's timekeeping. And districts will use it in different ways for sure. Um, but from you know, the standpoint of what it can do, there's a lot of uh, stuff in there that really is just helping the driver out. Sure. So, um, as far as like, I'm trying to think of, you know, how does the end user or Tyler help support the end user to push this maybe through a state that might be a little reluctant to say, Hey, we don't want this tablet. I mean, we're talking about what a seven inch or eight inch tablet that's being installed somewhere in the driver's area. Um, you know, providing them turn by turn directions. Is there something that provides, you know, where they, when the bus is in motion that the screen comes off or is that just an option and how do they, how have you guys helped breach that or broach that conversation to, uh, you know, a, um, educational department like department of ed or uh, department of public safety to say, this is what we do. This is what we provide. This is really a support and a help to, uh, this transportation team and try and, figure out how to legally allow it um, to be on the bus. Cause we know right now, you know, big push is hands-free and don't, don't use cell phones and all of that. So the lines kind of get muddy there a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I'm thinking back to, um, you know, your discussion with, you know, Kim a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know, Kim is our industry engagement consultant and she has that background um, have done every you know role really through the transportation, um, you know, just the, in the in the industry in for schools. But she's also been involved in having those conversations at a national level as to looking what is available and what can be done with putting these devices on vehicles. Right. So um, one thing to keep in mind is that you know at a federal level, you know, the Tyler Drive is approved to be on buses. Sure. Um, Certainly states can be more restrictive with the way that um, they advise districts to, to do this stuff. Um, but what I'll say is, you know, to, to your question about, you know, how Tyler Drive handles this or we handle it as a business is that we have been and will continue to be very responsive to the market and to, um, you know, what those needs are and how, um, these things need to be flexible and customizable to the various, you know, partners that we're working with. Sure. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when we look at what's going on right now with COVID, that 
that's one thing that's abundantly clear is how varied those guidelines can be from one place to another. Oh, absolutely. So, so, you know, before we were talking a little bit about, you know, can I talk about some of the things that are upcoming? Um, and one of the things that is in this, um, you know, release that's coming up here. So, uh, I think it's depending, depending on when this, uh, podcast drops, you know, <laughs> either just come out or it's, you know, coming out a couple of days from now, like real time, um, is that we've built in, uh, more flexibility around how districts implement that. So one of the features on the tablet is called motion lock. And what it does is it allows for the tablet to go dark and in a customizable way that the district decides. So it could be that the screen goes dark completely during navigation. And then when the vehicle starts moving again, it lights back up. It could be that simple, right? But there's also some nuance in there as to whether certain things can be made visible during that time, like if they need to see the clock or what their next upcoming turn is or how many students are currently loaded onto the bus. Those things could be decided at a district level to have them turn on. Got it. Now there's even more flexibility in that, okay, well, we don't want it to turn back on when we're at a student stop, but when we're at a, uh, say, school building or at the bus garage, it can light back up again at that point. Got it. So there's a lot more controls to allow districts to manage what is and isn't. So that'd be like a zone basically, so to speak, around a school or a bus yard to say when it's in this geographical area or this, you know, design zone that it can stay on. Yep. Got it. Yeah. So just just a lot more control for the district. Nice. Well, which I think is, you know, it just allows that customizable piece, right? It's not so um, cookie cutter and you have to take it's this or nothing, right? And allows them to, you know, I would imagine even be able to put their district logo or you know something like that as far as like a background or something um what is so when we talk about like student ridership i assume every student gets a a, some sort of a badge or um is is a card required or are they able to use like a phone like a qr code or something to um get scanned and how does that technology work yeah, the, the way that it works right now um, with the student ridership through it is that there is a reader. Uh, RFID cards are used to scan on and off uh, as the students uh, board and unload from that bus. Um, but it, it's not restricted to just using the card and that we've built in the ability to have uh, the driver manually load or unload students by tapping on the screen. So if you have a student that's misplaced or forgotten their card, there is a way to override that. Um, one of the things you want to keep in mind, though, when we're talking about student transportation in general, is that we don't want to build in ways that impact the, the timeliness of this, right? So, sure. you know, if the driver had to do that manually for every student, say, when he's <laughs> yeah. getting ready to load 72 kids onto a bus, that's that's going to um, make it so you don't really want to do it that way. So if you're using that as a way to... Um, you know, as a, an exception. Now, if you're transporting, maybe it's, maybe it's a sped route with uh, 10 kids and we know how we have some districts that that's all they do. Yeah, it, it's a lot easier to handle um, from the, you know, the manual side of sure. it. Um, but yeah, th- there's there's a lot of benefits to doing student ridership um, today. 
So, you know, I, I know the terminology of student tracking gets used a lot, and that's kind of a, the, you know, in this day and age of people, you know, being concerned about my students being tracked or um, how, you know, I don't want anybody knowing where my students at. I, how does that work as far as time? It's a, is it a number or something that ties us to the card and doesn't necessarily display? But also the second question to that is what are some, um, I guess, clever names that you've heard uh, districts or, um, you know, uh, private entities that have that have given that I've heard like student passports I've heard um, some other things that maybe use different terminal terminology have you heard anything different that you know you might be able to share to that yeah you know it's it's a it's an interesting question because you know most times if I'm talking about I'm talking about student ridership right and yes student tracking is has been out there um, I think I try to avoid that because it really is sort of um, a misnomer in a way in that it, as you said, some people see that as, okay, you're going to keep track of my student. Well, not really. We're, we're basically keeping track of the information as they get on and off the bus. What they do outside of that, the system's not following them around. They're not um, walking around with these beacons that constantly transmit their location. It's not how it works. So I think that sometimes when districts are first getting ready to roll out this type of technology they have to think through what that messaging sounds like because you know if they if they call it student tracking and they get that sort of reaction without any sort of explanation they're probably going to get a little bit more resistance to the idea whereas you know if you're telling parents that hey how would you like to have the ability to write from your phone get a push notification every time your kid gets on or off the bus along with where that happened and when it happened Right. It's a little bit different way of looking at it, right? So you know, it, it's, it is important to think about how you talk through those things. And the cards that we use, they have a unique identifier that's encrypted on the card. So there's nothing, you know, no type of student information that is on there. Uh, back in the database side of things, it's tied to that student's data. But losing a card really wouldn't do anything. So... So, so how's the data work as far as once a student signs onto the bus, signs off of the bus, the, the information obviously goes to the parent app, which I think is the MyStop app, correct? And then um, as far as like, how does it go, where does it go back to and what kind of reporting comes out of this? What, what are some things that I guess you would like to showcase of what, um, you know, districts really like? and use regularly? I mean, does that help with state reporting for funding or anything like that? Yeah, it's, it's a, there's a lot of stuff. So I'll also point out that, you know, from the parent app standpoint, we have two different suites of software. Uh, we have the Versatrans routing and planning suite um, and our Traversa suite. So with the Versatrans folks, they are using MyStop as the parent app. With Traversa, it's Traversa's Ride 360. But both of them offer that ability to have parents see, um, you know, selected information based on what the district decides to expose. But one of those things is if their students are using um, the student tracking or student ridership ability of these systems, they can get push notifications with the information. They'll see uh, that day's history of scan data or more. Um, but they're basically knowing when and where this is happening, right? So 
let's say that you have a kid that decides that they're going to get off with their friend today. Mom and dad know immediately instead of maybe getting home an hour later <laughs> and then calling you and the oh, transportation yeah. off panic, yeah. right? Because clearly it's your fault. Sure. You've obviously decided to put their their child someplace they don't belong to. Them, yeah, right? and that that will be on um, the news in that evening, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the thing: is it it really what it's doing is it's it's providing a lot of transparency, and it's going to ease a lot of anxiety and just streamline things. It cuts down a lot of phone calls and a lot of just uh, not knowing what's going on. But um, to, to the other part of the question, there's a lot more that this is being used for. So, you know, it could be, yeah, like some, some districts historically big use of it was taking that data and using it, um, to get Medicaid reimbursement, mm-hmm. you know, being able to use the data for that purpose. Um, some of it's looking at what the actual activity looks like. Are these students actually riding or are they not riding? Are they getting on off where we expect them to based on the plan? Um, these things have been important or, you know, being able to pull back a real time manifest. So we know how we set up, what the plan looks like, who's supposed to be on the bus at a certain point. But in the event of a bus accident, being able to go in and know exactly who is on that bus versus just that plan, that's incredibly powerful stuff. Um, And and I'll say with with Tyler Drive, now that you have the tablet solution, in addition to doing just the the tracking of those scans, um, and being able to navigate the runs and all the other things that it's doing, it's also really providing the driver with a lot more information. It's bringing them into the loop because before they really had very little. Now, as these students are scanning their cards, the driver can see and hear in real time that what's happening is what's supposed to be happening. Or when it's not, it can give them an alert to let them know that the student's trying to get on the wrong bus run or right. that they're trying to go off the wrong bus stop. And it's also giving them the ability to look up the information for that student to see where they actually belong, what should be happening for the student. So they can help have these conversations that today you might have a student that, well, today, if they scan on the driver probably has no idea where they belong, right? If it's a sub driver, <laughs> the kid's just going to get on anyway, because that sub driver can't know every student in the whole district. But if it's your regular route driver, they know that they don't recognize the student, but they don't know who it is, what their name is, how to spell that name. So they're going to try to get that information. Sure. And then through radio, they're going to reach back out to dispatch, who's going to try to look it up while <laughs> doing this and six other things for all the other drivers that are out there on the road. Yep. Instead of that, the driver can look right there on the tablet and see information about that student, start figuring out, oh, well, you know what? Jason, you're supposed to be on bus 25 today on this other run. And let me radio out. Hey, you know, 25, how far are you out from, you know, this address here? But they can start handling that process without tying things up. Got it. And and they also can just feel more comfortable knowing what's happening, right? So, you know, knowing that that person that's trying to get on the bus is somebody that actually should be getting on a bus. And how does that work as far as, like, clever kids who are like, okay, I'll get on and I'm going to – walk down the aisle and then I'll throw my card out the window to my buddy so he can use my same card to get on. Are there protections there to show that there's a double scan of trying to get on or off? And will it flag that actually on the tablet to notify the driver? Hey, you've got, you know, a rider that shouldn't be getting on here. Yeah, because it's not just that it's a scan per se. Mm -hmm. It, It is, it is distinctly that it's a load or unload action. 
So the driver will see that, but they're also, depending on how somebody's got their system set up, for example, like if you have student pictures that are in your student information system and you bring them over to the routing system, those will actually show up in the tablet. So the driver's not just getting the... It's like, know, hey, I just saw that picture. Off. I just saw that picture. You got to look really familiar. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you don't look anything <laughs> like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I see this kid that doesn't look like you at all. You're is now trying to get off sure. the bus and you're getting on. Um, yeah, so there's there's things like that to help the driver as well. Got it. Sure. So, so from like um, the reporting side, as far as, you know, for... We have here in Arizona um, what we call the 100-day report that has to get reported back to the Arizona Department of Education. So we have to report miles and students. I would assume that because it's just a tracked log of this many students per this bus um, would be a fairly simple report to pull out of, uh, I guess, on screen. That would, you know, is that where that would come from or is there another web i guess a web page that is tyler drive related that has these reports in it we do have customizable reporting and yeah it, it's drawing on the same types of data that are in there um and one thing i, I you know want to talk about too that um that i want to come back to a little bit is that in addition to those types of things um and you mentioned this uh before i think to me or just kind of leading into this is that one of the things that districts are starting to inquire about this stuff for is for the ability to do contact tracing, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Um, so part of those reports, not just the scan information and, you know, the runs and things like that, but we want to be able to know, um, you know, who was also at that stop and, you know, what other students were on that bus and what vehicle was involved. And, sure. So on and so forth. And like, if you're, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but like in verse trans routing and planning, you know, there's seeding charts in there. So mm -hmm. that might be data that you're using towards that. So there's just a lot of data that exists in the system um, to be able to help you do a variety of things. Yeah, I thought, I thought the contract tracing was a, a pretty clever idea. I, I was talking to a colleague of ours here in the Valley and he was talking about um, how they're planning to use that as, you know, obviously every district in the country and every transportation provider in the country is trying to to figure out what what to make of the CDC guidelines, what to make of the U.S. Department of Ed guidelines, and how does that apply. And, I, you know, I've, I've seen several articles and several things that of people that are going to attempt to try and socially distance on the bus. And then I think for the most part, Arizona's kind of, almost taking the standpoint of we're not going to do that we're going to more make it a recommendation or a requirement to wear masks instead and you know really focus more on the sanitation in between routes and at the end of the day um so we're just trying to you know i think it was clever in that for those that do have that it's okay little johnny just tested positive so let's go back and see who he rides with, you know, who else is on, who else was on that bus that day and maybe compare it to the, you know, seating charts, whether it's hand jam seating chart or something that's on a computer um, that we could easily print off and make sure, or even using camera technology, right? You'd probably be able to see little Johnny walking down the aisle and then all of a sudden see where he sits, see who he's touching, see what he's touching and, and try and figure out how to go back. And I, I mean, that's going to be a huge variable, huge unknown of what does that even look like, right? And so uh, I think that would be very interesting as 
as schools go back to being in session and we start moving kids again, you know, how that's going to work. So kind of a, yeah, and, and you know, I, I said, suppose the good news in that is that you're not alone in it, right? Right. Um, I, I've been I've been deeply involved in those conversations um, internally, as we, again, part of part of the way that we do things here at Tyler is that we're always trying to think about what's next for our customers that we partner with, for the industry as a whole, and you know, the communities that we serve here. So um, we've, you know immediately as all this started, we started looking at how we can um, both help our our customers to use the solutions they have to be flexible around these changes that are coming potentially, um, knowing that those changes uh, might be temporary and, you know, sure. like the ongoing, that there's various phases of those changes and, and whether they have to use those multiple times or not. Um, and, you know, looking at it from a standpoint of, all of our customers, which we have customers in school districts, we, we, our transportation solution, um, actually have over 2,100 customers across the U S and Canada use things. So, um, we really have to pay attention to how it affects everyone. Right. Um, and, and I saw, you know, that the Arizona just released their final, I don't know if it's, First final, or you know how you refer to it as it, but their draft of uh, reopening for schools recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and I think that the general sense I got was that it was going to be ultimately up to the districts to figure out how to implement these suggestions. Right. But which now I, you have two hundred and eight different ways or I- interpretations, and so we've actually out, outside of the podcast, I've been trying to lead a group of. Um, our administrators, just transportation supervisors and directors through a Zoom meeting um, just so we can kind of work together. And we're trying to do it with our, our state organization, Transportation Administrators of Arizona, to try and really dive that, you know, just focus one singular place for us, everybody to go and get information, right? We know there's so many different platforms of information that are out there. But my thought was that, if we collectively came together as a transportation group and said, this is what we feel comfortable in. This is, um, you know, what we've all agreed on and that we all think works and et cetera, then it might take that piece, at least for the school side of it out or the school bus side of it out and say, this is what everybody's going to do on the bus. We all agreed to it right now. We get that governing boards and superintendents and, you know, our district leadership are all going to have their own opinions and ideas. And, and ultimately the governing board's going to have the say in what we do. But I think that there's strength in numbers. And if we all agree on one collective idea or a couple collective ideas, it's better than 208 school districts deciding, you know, we're going to do our, our own thing. Right. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not an easy problem to solve. That's right. for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely definitely. I mean, I, there's so many people that are just, you know, I think nervous, probably scared a little bit, little you know, just right. kind of getting in a dark place about what this next year next school year looks like. And I think the more that we can just kind of focus on what our operations are going to be and what they typically would be and how can we mold to a temporary solution of whatever that's going to be. You know, I, I like that 
Texas Department of Public Safety came out and said absolutely no barriers on the bus, right? They're, they seem to make a definitive decision where everything else has been a guideline. Well, if you can, you, sure, go for it. Or if you can figure out how to work this in, go, you know, you should when possible. So I think that those are, you know, what most of us were really wanting was a yes, you can, a no, you can't, or, you know, something like that. So I think it's pretty unfortunate but we as leaders will work around it and you know figure it out how what that's going to look like in july because we're all going back in july so well uh, i'm i'm certain of one thing if nothing else is that i think that people will be better um or more aware that our school transportation folks are some of the best problem solvers that are out there because yeah, this, this is difficult. It's hard to figure out what the best way to handle the stuff is, but we also know that the stuff that you deal with day to day when, when this is not going on, isn't a easy thing either. Right. So, um, maybe, maybe this is, you know, they're just trusting that, Hey, look, you've done really good with this so far. Sure. Here's, here's just a different spin on, uh, you know, how you might want to do this. Right. Right. So as far as like, um, you know, for those that might be interested in Tyler Drive, but already have maybe a different GPS provider, does Tyler Drive stand alone by itself or does it integrate with other GPS platforms that may not be Tyler's GPS solution? No, but it doesn't need to. So it doesn't even need to integrate with uh, any GPS. GPS units. It has its own um, GPS chip in the device. Oh, okay. It has its SIM card has the ability to transmit that data um, without relying on some other device to ping off of. So uh, like as an example, when you're doing inspections or doing other things on it, you don't have to bring it back to the bus for that data to get transmitted because it has the ability to do that. So like a so, 3G or 4G cellular device yep, yep. or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, so the, the beauty of it is, is that depending on what your needs are, you may want both types of devices. You may want the functionality from Tyler Telemac GPS that, that does a lot of stuff with respect to sending back what the vehicle's doing, engine diagnostics, all that type of stuff. But you may also need something to better assist the driver in doing the other things that we talked about with that turn-by-turn navigation and, and really content that can only be delivered by having that touchscreen interface. Got it. But you're not restricted to having to have both of them to do that. Got it. Well, that's, I mean, good to know, you know, I mean, cause I think there might be people out there go, you know, does this mean that I have to get rid of my other platform in order for this to work or do, will they, you know, I really like what I have with whatever GPS provider I have, but I'm, I'm, you know, I really like what Tyler drive looks like. Um, and I'm interested to know what's the typical, I mean, for a, I guess a you know a a small not small but small to medium district like how quickly would there I mean would, if they bit this off would they be able to implement it by September for those districts that were starting you know that were interested in hey this would be a good solution for us to uh, look at for the you know the purpose of contract tracing or I'm sorry contact tracing or um, you know, just knowing which riders are getting on and off the bus and, and having that piece there. I mean, is it a pretty quick process to to ha getting out there? I understand procurement and all of the length that goes in beyond that, but just once they say, yes, we want this, how quickly can it be put on a bus? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a good question, but like I think that um, you know, even in you know, if this was pre-COVID, I would say that there's a there's a lot of nuance there depending on exactly how a district intends to use it. Um, you know, like if you're just going to use it for turn by turn navigation and not need say training to do timekeeping or inspections or so on. Sure. Um, but today, I, I think that I would encourage somebody that's interested just to reach directly to you know, reach out to Tyler and our account reps um, to have that conversation because there's also going to be some things with state by state, whether are they opening up for allowing people to come in and train or install sure. or whatever. So um, it's it's probably too many variables. to So, be a, so a many unknowns, answer. you know, unfortunately. We were, we were just having that conversation today in our office about just – you know, we want to plan. We have, we know what we need to go do, but we still don't know what our uh, plan that our governing board is going to select yet. So there hasn't been a, a necessarily a vote. So we're, you know, kind of just in this holding pattern for another couple of weeks until the next board meeting. So I, I totally get that, and just trying to, you know, figure out those pieces or give some information out to the folks that might be listening. Um, kind of final question. Um, what you know what are some things i mean is there anything that really you can share about the update that's coming out besides what you shared earlier that you know uh, about tyler drive and what maybe existing customers might be um you know able to look forward to in that this newest release yeah yeah so um there are a couple things and i think there are some big benefits to the customers that are already using it um you know, some of it are things like where we better handle uh, pictures related to vehicle inspections and um, sort of the, the gallery view that's available and be able to do that better. So inspections um, will definitely be enhanced in that way. There's some other things that um, are going to help, you know, they're a little bit more nuanced, but giving different options for reporting exceptions and things like that. Um, you know, I think some of the biggest parts for today are really to do with that flexibility and how it can get used. Um, but it, the product has just really come a long way. Um, sure. I, rem I remember seeing the, uh, you know, one of the first, I think four or five years ago, kind of the first looks at it as it was coming to market. So, um, you know, unfortunately we haven't been able to, we keep saying we're going to do it. We, we haven't got there yet just because it seems like, you know, something comes up every year this year it's covid and you know in the previous years it's always been some sort of something around a budget or how we're going to roll it out but i'm excited to eventually you know get that in and and get it you know get it going so yeah absolutely and, and you know i think that one of the things that i'm just kind of really excited about to you know from that standpoint is that people have really taken notice in the industry of how far it's come um I mean, it, you know, you might have seen this in STN Magazine last year, but um, we partnered with First Student to begin putting Tyler Drive uh, on all their 40,000 plus vehicles. Mm -hmm. I did that, see that is a big statement of assurance <laughs> that we put the work into sure. to making the, the best solution that's out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I did see that, and I remember sending it to uh, my boss so that he, you know, because again it's out there i think that you know there's a lot of um smaller groups that are trying to kind of you know mimic or trying to find that that niche so to speak and you know i'm i'm assuming it's it's not really a crowded market but it's 
school transportation is in a large market already, so it's probably a crowded market in a small, you know, small market. But to to work with a group of individuals that have transportation providers or personnel, past personnel that work for them, you know, and can see it in a in a transportation light, I think helps a lot more than, you know, just having a group of, you know, coders or whatever that are, you know, write the program and have no idea how the end user is going to use it. Yeah. And I think that it also, part of that too, is just the focus, you know, in, in the, I've you know, said this to other people before, but at the end of the day, we do the same thing. We're both focused on making sure that we can safely transport kids to and from school, right? Sure. We're just looking at it from a different direction. So, uh, I think that, you know, here in the transportation solutions group in Tyler, that's really the mindset is that everything we do is to that end to make sure that we can help our partner districts with that. Um, so, you know, we, we listen, you know, we, we want to make sure that we understand how this really works you know, for you. Sure. So Adam, I appreciate the uh, time. Any, we're kind of just going to wrap this up. Um, how can people find you or find more about this and where can they go? And, you know, if they have questions and want to reach out just say, Hey, you know, I'd like to find out who my sales rep might be, or if they just have some high level conversations or questions that they want to ask, how can, how can they find you or find Tyler? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's pretty, pretty easy to find Tyler in general. Um, you can head over to tylertech.com and, um, there. You can certainly get more information about Tyler Drive or our other uh, solutions here. Um, pretty easy to navigate to K-12 education and then specifically into student transportation solutions there. Um, but I'd also want to say to all the listeners that um, I, I like to invite them to go to the Tyler Tech page and uh, up at the top there's a banner where you know, it talks about Tyler Technologies and COVID-19. Um, here we've collected a bunch of resources for our schools and communities and you scroll down, you'll see how K-12 transportation responds to COVID-19. Um, there's a lot of links there, uh, talking about how our customers are out there helping already. Um, give you some ideas who you might get ideas from out there. Um, there's other resources, webinars, um, really because for our customers and other school transportation professionals, we're really all in this together. Um, so we try to, you know, help in that way as much as we can. Sure. Well, I certainly appreciate your time, sir. It's good to see you. I, you know, I think you the too. last time I saw you was, um, uh, with Tyler connect here in Phoenix no, a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely love to be back there. Um, yeah. you know, in, in different circumstances, sure. I probably would have, been out there more recently <laughs> absolutely so uh we'll close it up um thanks to everybody for listening be sure to check us out on the social media pages facebook instagram linkedin and twitter at hey bus driver podcast and uh check our website out www.heybusdriver.com appreciate everybody listening and all the feedback that we've been getting and uh final sign off to adam thank you sir uh, for being a part and we will close it up. Thanks everybody. All right. Stay safe. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. 
The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.